You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network for our continued coverage of Total Drama Island. Just like the bird, we are back for another episode of amazing coverage here to talk about maybe a better episode than last week, maybe a better episode than two weeks ago. I don't know. Colin has weird opinions. So uh, we're here to talk about the epic talent show contest. there's broken violins, there's gross burp jokes, there's diary reads, there's a whole lot of stuff to get to. Uh, as always, I am your host, Rossi, and on my way back, under. And my name is Colin, and there are two syllables for hot. Call and in. I could kiss him, because he's a good co-host. And my name is Jared, and booyah. None of you guys took the obvious Owen quote. Which one? Which is, that guy is so hot I could kiss him. I just said that! No, because he's a good teammate. Yeah, I just said that! Yes, I did! I just substituted it with the name Call In! Rewind the tape. And my name is Colin, and there are two syllables for hot. Call and in. I could kiss him. Because he's a good co-host. Yeah! There we go. We just heard it again. How about that? You did not do the same quote. You did something slightly different. <laughs> it's my name was in it. That's what was different. Oh, you. There, he had two different lines within that same confessional, which is, <laughs> how do you spell hot? Justin. And then there's, he said, that guy is so hot, I could kiss him. And then he was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, because he's a good teammate, not because I think he's hot. <laughs> do we want to hear it a third time? And roll the clip. And my name is Colin, and there are two syllables for hot. Call and in. I could kiss him. Because he's a good co-host. What is wrong with this? There we go. I'm not going wrong with this, because I'm right. (laughs) There are two different quotes. You said a different... (laughs) How is this the biggest argument we had on whether I said something 30 seconds after I said it? Jared, you heard it, right? I'm not even deigning, like, I'm not getting in the middle of this argument. I'm uh, (laughs) joining Noah on the uh, sit-out bench from last episode. (laughs) I genuinely don't see how they're the same thing, so I don't know why we're even debating this. They're too different. (laughs) I'm so annoyed about this. This is not the same quote. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait for this episode to come out. <laughs> you haven't defended yourself, so I'm just going to assume that I'm right, and you're just agreeing. No. <laughs> yeah, so I'm right, and you're just not disagreeing, so I'm right. So. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Welcome to the Oz Network for our continued coverage of... I already did that call, and you're behind. Oh, I didn't hear it. It was slightly altered. It was not the exact opening we needed. <laughs> You're not coming back next episode. <laughs> uh, so this week we have the talent show, uh, which apparently Colin really loves because he said this is the best of the last two episodes. Um, off air, obviously. Of the last two episodes. <laughs> well, okay, Colin, rank it in the canon of the show so far. Oh, what is this, episode five? Yeah. Number one. Easily number one, yeah. and I'm, I'm 
I'm coming into this different because you guys have watched multiple seasons, and this is my first time watching it. And up until now, I'm like, okay, I, I see the potential in this show, but I, I, I think I've rented, you know, two episodes I've been to. And then this one, I'm like, man, I get it. Like, this is what I've been waiting for. What, what sold it for you? It's really everything. I mean, the challenge was slightly different. It wasn't just everybody gets their turn. Everybody gets, you know, profiled in a little way. I mean, there were people who we don't even see the talents of in this. You know, it, it, there was strategy to even who you pick. It wasn't just everybody gets a crack of the talent competition and then points are rewarded and whichever team has the most points. It's like, no, you all have to audition for your own group and then you pick who to put put up. And there's strategy even in that. Uh, you had a ton of the, the alliance and everything going on. The, the twist with the diary on the end was brilliant. Again, like something coming straight out of Survivor or reality shows, just this betrayal and everything. So much character stuff in here. Um, you know, maybe I could do with about six minutes less of the vomiting, but uh, overall, I mean, it was just, it was like a near perfect episode. This is, like I said, this is what I've been waiting for. Brilliant. Jared, do you like the episode? <laughs> Um, I think it's good. I'm probably not as uh, hyped about it as Colin. I think for me, the highlight is the fact that um, old mate Seagull is back. Um, I mean, that's what sells it for me. I do agree that it's nice to um, not have the same formula with a, of a challenge with everybody getting their little little piece in there. Um, and I'm always a fan of an episode that um, shows how great Harold is as a character. And I think kind of coupled with last episode, uh, this is a really good two-episode story arc for him. Yeah, I think, um, I guess, Colin attacking my precious baby that is Soul Charm Island um, with a valid cons- critique from last episode was that, like, the challenges felt different. They were different, but they were, like, handled the same way. And I think that this mm. definitely was fresh. It was, like, a fresh breath of fresh air. It wasn't expected, like, obviously, like, how do you judge a talent show in a reality competition like in this kind of situation is like different. I think it was fun. I think that, like you said, not everyone had their moment or if they did, it was, it was layered. So, you know, people who didn't compete in the actual talent show, like did a little bit of a showcase, you know, we saw people like Owen and Beth and, and, you know, Tyler and they tried their own stunt, but it didn't work. And then we saw the people actually in the show or tried to, because people that were going to be in the show couldn't do the show. Uh, so and I think that there was cool social moments crazy social moments um, some weird stuff going on with the alliance and sort of the relationships and we saw some stuff in and out of the challenge that made it interesting agreed well I know you agree you said it was a near perfect episode <laughs> uh, what are your general call and general thoughts on the, the relationships that are forming I'd say there were more romantic ones between Trent and Gwen with the Cody trying to get in there and then the the Tyler and Lindsay how do you see this progressing obviously you know next episode well but um (laughs) the um the Gwen thing uh who's the guy with Gwen she sticks up more as a character than me Trent Trent okay Trent and Gwen yeah the Trent and Gwen thing's great just because I mean, it's still, it's it's way more low-key than the Lindsay. And see, this is what I'm talking about. Because like, all the women who dominate this show, who's the guy with Lindsay? <laughs> Tyler. Tyler, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, it was obviously the focal point of this episode. And, you know, just the way that diary played out, like, it was hilarious. But it, it was also like, man, like, this is really getting cutthroat. And 
uh, the <laughs> name, the third guy in the, the love triangle with Gwen? Cody. Yeah, Cody, okay. Uh, maybe the most subtly hilarious moment I've seen uh, was when they're reading the diary. It's like, he is so hot. He is so blah, 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 blah. And you just see that he's like, yeah, I still got it. Then all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, that's not me. <laughs> I just love that moment. Just the embarrassment of him, him just thinking it's all about him was just fantastic. Uh, you know, I think that this is obviously what I'm hoping for out of the show is this becomes a thing of what we see in reality shows of you need to split up the couples. You know, what are you going to do? These couples, that's too much power. And then, you know, you have, what about the other side of this? What if these people stop getting along and they, they, they don't like each other anymore and then they just turn on each other? I mean, there's lots of directions you could go with this. Again, the timeline of when this was made and at what point that became such a threat in shows like Survivor or Big Brother or whatever. I mean, that's where I'm kind of curious about. But I'm just interested to see how it plays out because I think there's different possibilities of where it could go. I doubt this is going to be something. Everybody lived happily ever after. But maybe I'm wrong because most people listening to this probably already know. Yeah, I mean, we would have seen um, Survivor All-Stars by this point in time. Like, it would it would have mm-hmm. been done. So, I mean, obviously, I don't know if the legacy translates all the way up to Canada at the time, but... You know, we obviously have that Rob and Amber storyline that's very historic in the Survivor canon. Uh, so it wouldn't be unheard that that's something that they pulled from for for references and and, and using these showmances that we see in every show ever uh, play in here. Obviously, I think it's like you said they're a little bit varied in how they do it. Like one's hot and heavy, and the other's very low key with this weird uh, love triangle situation going on at the moment. But obviously, like, they're playing into also the fact that these are, like, teenagers. So there's going to be, like, these weird romances and, and relationship blooming that, like, would be characteristic of teens and stuff like that. And then we see them play out with diaries and, and things like that that really kind of bring that home. Uh, and so kind of within the framework of the challenge outside of these relationships, we get the talent show, which sees some people in good light, some people in bad light. Um you know, people like Justin, who pretty much is there to be hot. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wrote in my notes, I was shocked. Uh, not really. I was sarcastically shocked that we got a burp joke and a fart joke from Owen as his talent. Um, uh, some of the humor we love from Owen, Jared and mm. I. Uh, Beth with her fire twirling. Call back to Courtney from Panama. <laughs> Uh, but she missed the catching class, so that was pretty funny. Um, and then some other talents, like Tyler, couldn't do anything with the Oreo. Like when the Killer Bass was holding auditions, oh, uh, Harold went up and Courtney was like, nope, and he didn't even get to say anything. Um, and just all the different things that came out. Obviously, Bridget's 20-minute handstand being a big part of the episode. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, and they bet and losing Courtney's violin. Just so many great moments of the talents and I think this shows character of who's who, like what what their strengths are and who they are as people, and I think that really brought out in both challenge and in, uh, you know, not in tribal in camp life. I don't know how to put it, and I can see why you would rave about this episode because I think there is a lot to see in terms of who's doing what and how people are reacting and interacting. Uh, and I just wanted to touch on the whole burp and fart thing because like 
I think this is, I'm going to say it almost every single week, but like every time they have a real big hit with a joke with Owen, it's just there's something else that falls flat after that. And I think the burping thing really worked here because it was the setup, this extremely long setup of him just drinking and drinking and drinking. And it's just going on and on forever. And you have no idea. And then all of a sudden it's just, it's not just burping the alphabet. It's burping the alphabet in about 1.5 seconds. Like, you know, which was, I thought hilarious. And then it was the follow-up to that. It's like, I could also toot Beethoven's fifth. Like, I don't think we needed that. I think that you should just, I think Owen's the type of character where it's like, if you can just surprise the audience once, maybe twice in an episode, just sort of let him lay out for, you know, the rest of the episode. Jared Wayne, what, what, what is the deal with the Owen? And are we too much at this point? Not enough. What? Uh, I would agree. I think I definitely don't hate him as much as I remember from watching it ages ago. Um, but I do think he kind of, if anything, like swings back and forth between being a three dimensional character and then just these really kind of one dimensional character with, with all the, uh, toilet and juvenile humor i feel like that really pegs him in a box and i feel like character wise he can be more than that and there's always the potential for that coming through but then we always swing straight back to the oh here's the classic like owen fat joke owen burping joke owen fart joke um that i think ruins or like diminishes his character a lot i think like in terms of us viewing it like all i remember about owen is he is just a walking fart joke and i think that (laughs) only in rewatching it now do I actually see some of the stuff like that we've said in like the funny moments that are like uh, like oh I like, kissing the guy and like these random jokes that come out um, that were like wow that's actually surprisingly funny but like the memory of Owen Wait, so only fart jokes just out of curiosity are you saying that when you first watched this show you maybe missed that I could kiss him line <laughs> I, I'm probably not, but it, the only memory, like lasting memory of Owen, is the constant fart joke. Like they do it oh. every intro. I got that. Like every intro. Is- I was just wondering if maybe if it was possible that you could have heard that joke the first time around when you originally watched this show and then not noticed. I don't know. I probably just tuned out after episode one with Owen. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime Owen pops up on the screen, it's like okay, mute, walk away, drink break. Yeah, he's like the, the like commercial break character for me. So, <laughs> uh, so probably he's probably spoken. I probably like wasn't paying attention as much, or did and just didn't register it. Um, not the not not you know, my favorite. I've got to get Casper on both this show and on our podcast because like when you guys like what was it you said like uh, break or something break there ad break commercial break. Drink Mer- break, whatever. <laughs> Drink break. There, that's what you're saying. Uh, like uh, you've probably seen Charlie Brown Christmas. There's the point where they're just like lunch break, lunch break, and Casper's just quoting that nonstop lunch break. And he's also decided he wants to start quoting something that Jamie's probably said to him a few times, which is "ew, you farted," which we now hear about ninety times a day, just as he's playing by himself. "Ew, you farted." He says it with an accent too. He's like "ew, you farted." So, man, if I could get him watching Owen and he could get both the you, you farted and then also the lunch break in there, like this is going to be the perfect show and podcast combination for him. No more children, Colin, please. (laughs) I think you're good at three. 
Because then you're going to have three boys saying, Ew, you farted. <laughs> no, you farted. Who is he, freaking uh, the ring guy? <laughs> the Terminator? Where is this reference coming from? <laughs> He's just repeating a lot of stuff lately. Like, this is completely off topic of the podcast, but, you know, it, you'll say something to him. Like, all of a sudden, uh, two days ago, he just started screaming, Don't touch the TV! Don't touch the TV! And we're like, what we probably have said that to him a million times, and now he thinks it's funny. And then all night tonight, he was laughing hysterically, going like, "Remy, stop it!" Remy's one of the twins' names, and Jamie said that like, yeah, like a few days ago, Remy had like you know uh, been clawing at my face, and I just said, "Remy, stop it!" And Casper just hears it, and then days later decides to just quote you over and over again. Let's see if we can get him saying the word "sucks." I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched the American version. <laughs> uh, are we going to back to the episode go for it uh, so in the episode we see formation not formation uh exploration of the alliance and how it really works um obviously last week we heather broke down the rules where she gets to do everything and they get to listen uh but this time we see Lindsay following gwen seeing what she's up to and then the diary you know that funny scene where like oh gwen's here you want to go in the cabin gwen like just the obviousness of what she's doing um making Lindsay one of the best characters of the show oh and then obviously like what we were talking about earlier about the talent show itself and some of the characters like bridget not being in the show but then ruining the whole show um, breaking Courtney's violin. Bridget messing up the whole show, pretty much. Uh, and then she projectile vomits over the entire cast and stage and everything. Um, definitely a lot grosser than I originally remember this happening way back when. Um, but still, it makes her... It really. I think one thing this episode does really well is it really amps up. I feel like it like crescendos to this like kind of build-up toward the end where there's like so many things going wrong. Like, uh, you know, people are out of it, like they're not really doing anything, and then you kind of get some of the flops of the killer bass, like DJ getting tied up in his ribbon, and you know, Bridget then breaking the violin and stuff like that, and then projectile vomiting, Jeff breaking his board, being the only savior for the killer bass, and then, you know, we can't send Katie and Sadie because they're covered in vomit, and then other people are messed up, and then Harold's gotta come up, save the day, and beatbox, and they do the dramatic tension of it being completely awkward silence right after he's done and then crowd erupting the ooh yeah ooh yes probably coming out as well it just builds so much and I think that that I can see why you really like this episode Colin it's grown on me a lot more than I it did when I watched it now that we've talked about it <laughs> like there's so much good stuff here like just in how the story plays out because it was unpredictable too you start to think because the last couple episodes you had a little bit of the beginnings of this alliance, a bit of this rivalry with Gwen that you think, you know, it's going to build slowly. And then this episode, it just all explodes, but it actually explodes in a way where you're like, Oh, it's, it's not ending here. It's, it's just going in this different direction. You know, the, the search for the diary was just amazing. Uh, it's like, uh, I am outside the cabin, Gwen. <laughs> okay, enjoy going inside the cabin now, Gwen. Now that you're going inside, <laughs> that's just great. Um, and 
the, all the auditions too. Like I thought the auditions, like oh please, let's not have another episode of just everybody getting their gags. Uh, but like I said, the fact that they focused on a few people and didn't make it everybody, and and it was a lot of like oh we need to put up this person, that one's not good enough. And uh, another moment where I was just like I, I was just dying laughing was because I had forgotten, even though I had watched it only a day earlier, I had forgotten the thing with Harold in the dodgeball challenge where they think he's going to fail them and then he comes out as a hero in the end. So when <laughs> he goes up to audition, and again, it's, it's like the the chugging the soda and then the, the loud burp thing. It's this really long, drawn, drawn out setup for it where he gets up there and he's like, <clears throat> and he takes a deep breath and like next <laughs> and he's just like oh okay <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's fantastic like harold's amazing too uh, in fact i'm going to maybe this is just me responding to the last two episodes but i'm gonna throw a potential alternate edit winner's pick out there of harold i mean i, I think it would be great if they can find a way to make you forget about Harold again, and then that's the twist of the season that Harold ends up winning. Nobody spoil it for me because I've avoided spoilers, you know, and we're, uh, what, about 20% of the way through the season? Uh, but I think this, that would just be a great ending. Um, the I'm going to be on TV thing <laughs> was great, too. I'm going to be on TV. Uh, you're already on TV. <laughs> uh, and then just the surprise of, like, the handstand. Like, again, it's just the way that it played out and how it was set up that was great. Where it's like, I could stand on my hands for 20 minutes. And said, no, you can't. And just going around taking bets and then just completely falling apart and, you know, getting tied up with the violin. It was just, it was a great setup. And this episode just got more and more chaotic as it went on and more and more unpredictable. Uh, yeah, like so many good things in this. I, can't, I honestly can't think of one thing I disliked in this episode. Other than, you know, maybe about six minutes less of the vomiting. Not a fan. Not a fan, Colin, of vomiting. I think in moderation. It's just like, like you said; like it really goes on a long time. And sometimes a joke like that can play well if it was set up. But you know, maybe this is one of the things the Cartoon Network wanted to edit. But it just sort of comes out of nowhere because, other than a quick burp and fart joke, we didn't really have any type of really juvenile humor. This this was like very clever, uh, you know well-timed well-written humor in this episode and then to just sort of end on a really big gross-out moment just it maybe didn't fit i will say they're not afraid total drama is not afraid to do a projectile vomit moment again so um, <laughs> stay on your guard embrace yourself yeah i don't know if it gets worse but i definitely remember it. there's a lot um jerry what were some other standout moments in this for you I think uh, what you guys have already talked about, I think Lindsay's one of the stars with the whole uh, Gwen's back moment. I also love just at the very start of the episode where she's running out of her tanning oil and then she's having this conversation <laughs> with Gwen about, oh, I can't, like, tan outside because it ruins your skin. And Gwen's like, why have you woken me up this early in the morning? And then Lindsay goes over to check on her and is like, yeah, your skin's, like, terrible. Um Oh, just really funny moments from Lindsay. I love just re the really subtle moments of humor when they cut away to like the, the ad break or the technical DVDs or whatever it was. And they have this ad of a guy ironing. But then if you look closely, he's ironing yeah. back and forth over his actual hand. Um, it's just really funny and clever moments like that. I agree that the vomiting was over the top and I didn't like the the setup for it of like she's just eaten cookies and now she's upside down. So now she's, oh, I think they were chips, but they definitely look like cookies to me. Um <laughs> 
now she's projectile vomiting. I feel like they could have done more with like has like Heather potentially like poison the food or something. I just feel like there needed to be more of a um, explanation for why this is happening all of a sudden. But I do love that, that like they've just gone to such lengths to ensure that like Harold is like the only possible option and he has to compete because I feel like we got that a bit in the last episode, but when he's subbed into play, it just comes randomly from Jeff, I think it was, in the dodgeball. It wasn't like he was the only option. Where here, it's like the dead last only possible option, apart from them forfeiting mm. the challenge, is Harold being put in. And I'd forgot about the whole beatboxing. Um, and then when it started, like it triggered my memory of it, and then it went on so much longer than I remembered, and just the booyah at the, like, the very end, just out of nowhere... Um, I just thought it was really funny and um, just a great overall uh, segment. And I love as well, like, the, the chef meter on, like, the kitchen um, wooden spoon, I think is just a really fun way of doing, like, the judging score. Yeah, I think the one big biggest drawback for me is the fact that the Herald thing plays out literally two episodes back-to-back. I can see, like, your explanation of it. Like, it's not the same thing. I think they played out differently. I just wish that it wasn't the same kind of gimmick they use, like, we need help, and then Harold's the only person at the moment who can do anything about it. Like, I wouldn't mind well, I think, doing it. I just think back-to-back was the poor choice. Uh, I, I think also, you probably forget it, because, again, I watched these two episodes two days apart, and as soon as they cut to Harold, it, it wasn't like I was expecting it to come up, like the previous one, but as soon as they cut to Harold, it's like, oh, it's all on Harold now. I'm like, oh, I see where they're going with this because I remembered it. But I actually wonder if, again, if you're watching this episode when it originally airs and you're waiting a week before it comes out, is anybody going to remember that that's exactly how the last episode ended? I also think it was played really well where when he starts beatboxing, it's not like he's immediately into it. it, it, it at first, it, it, he's so slow that you think that this is just going to be awful because he's just like... Bleh. You know, <laughs> and, and it wasn't like he immediately, if he immediately got into it, I think that I'd agree with you a little bit too obvious, but it, it, it sort of threw me for a loop where I'm like, oh, maybe this is just going to be like, oh, he's going to save the day like last week, but he actually does worse. But, you know, what it, the way it played out, I thought was really clever. Yeah, no disagreements on the epic beatbox, because that's amazing. I, <laughs> it's still one of the best <laughs> moments. I, I like Jared, I completely forgot that this was in the show. And it was such a friendly, fun reminder to see it. Um, but one... Have either of you ever done a talent competition? I have in pri- like way, 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 way back in uh, primary school. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, playing playing a bit of piano, um, but but nothing recently. Rossi? Yeah, I don't think so. No, never. Never? Do you have a talent? Uh, trying to hold together this episode. <laughs> um i remember i remember a talent competition when i was a kid and it's it's weird because i i i probably could have done like a real talent but uh you were allowed to do teams and neither my friend or i wanted to do anything on our own so they sort of gave suggestions of you know some people dance some people sing some people do comedy and we're like let's write a comedy routine which i think amounted to one of us tripped when we were coming in. We just took pratfalls. And I mean, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't like little kids doing bad comedy. It was definitely like kid jokes or whatever. But it was like <laughs> stand up comedy, which <laughs> that was my. We didn't win anything, believe it or not. 
Shock. <laughs> Did you rely on burp and fart jokes to to win, or no <laughs> Our projectile vomiting to get you over the line? No, I mean, well, we saw it didn't work out in this episode, so yeah, hindsight—that's sure, a surefire way to lose. <laughs> well, unless you have someone else do beatboxing for you, and then you win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next talent show, I'll do beatboxing just like Harold, and maybe I'll win. Oh, please! I'll pay good money for that. Good, I could use that thing hosting the show. <laughs> but one of the major things of the episode that I really wanted to talk about, which is really uh, yada yada, like barely discussed in the episode, but we get kind of the most surprise elimination of the season in this episode. Um, mm. Whereas the first three were really like a character study and like how not to win reality TV and like, you know, like Ezekiel's social comments and Eva's temper, Noah's like lack of willingness to do anything. Justin's elimination comes out of nowhere. Um, if you like, I only knew that he goes home cause this was like a, a, an episode that I remembered, but like the elimination comes out of nowhere. Heather is poised to go for all the things that she's done, but she says that she's able to pull the votes and through like some giving Owen a piece of cake and stuff like that. She's able to stay. And it's just crazy that, like, this comes in, like, last minute. Like, no profile for Justin, no obvious boot edit or anything like that. It just kind of comes out of nowhere, and he's gone. Uh, you must have been proud of your winner pick, Colin. Yeah, it, I think I, I was halfway between, oh, no, they're not going to, you know, make me lose my winner pick, and we're only 20% of the way through the season. And, oh, this is brilliant. You have two semi you know, well-developed characters. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, Justin being voted out, it's not like it was this big blindside or anything. It wasn't like a major player in this episode, but it was the first time I think it felt like this is a character that I know that I, you know, will remember that that was at least a major player and was likable. I mean, <laughs> very likable by uh, all genders and hosts. Um and you know his chest sizzled i mean he had like a real character uh so when it came down and i'm like well there's not like an easy goat here uh it, it's it was it was the other thing i think i really liked about this episode is that we're gonna at least get an elimination that matters one way or the other i think yeah this vote mattered the most in terms of like actually being a vote and sort of like we talked the Heather confessional of like, okay, so I had to secure the votes in order to stay and stuff like that. Um, like it really mattered from a strategic point what had happened here, although it was very quickly discussed and it was like two seconds of the episode. But obviously that alliance and the strategic play coming in. And then ending on just this revenge moment, which was just such a great way on a kid's show to end on this cliffhanger was fantastic. Yes, uh, Harold's red. Harold's coming in clutch a lot these, these last few episodes. Uh, comes again and saves the day with his red ant farm or whatever it was uh, to give Gwen one last uh, revenge strike on Heather. That should have been the most dramatic uh, whatever bonfire <laughs> ceremony yet. And they didn't say it in this episode. That's another like subtle humor. Definitely a uh, episode for best episode yet promos going into it. <laughs> yeah uh, but they would oversell it and, and you'd know Justin would be out 
Mm, that's that, that's that's true. Don't, don't trust the Amazing Race Australia with your advertisements. No. <laughs> Jared, what, do you remember anything from when you initially saw this? Like, what was your initial reaction to now, like seeing it again? I don't. Um, but I just just watching it this time, it was such like an offhanded comment, and I was ready for the like big like telegraphed boot again. But then, like, we we don't really get one, and you, you know that Heather's in contention here to go home as. I suppose the decoy, but even when she's like rounding up the votes and we get that confession, she like lists, I think five people and there's 10 people left. So it's not even an absolute majority. So it's just interesting. Obviously they probably didn't put too much thought into it, but how like the vote actually panned out um, logically, but I suppose it's a uh, children slash teenage show. So uh, five is enough. Five is a majority in, in 10 when you're working with their scripting. And they would have to have had scattered votes in the minority for that to happen. Mm. Yeah. Which I was and saying that was too detailed. Yeah. Which could have happened. I mean, I don't see Justin necessarily voting along the lanes of Gwen and others. So could maybe uh, Cody throws a vote at uh, Trent out of jealousy. Oh, probably. It was a five four one. Oh, that would have been epic. We saw the the votes cast. Was this like foreshadowing? Uh, Brad Culpepper counting too when it comes to alliances. Yeah, total time line way ahead of the game. Mm, definitely <laughs> canon. Yeah, <laughs> we need to put these episodes side by side or something to see what, right. how the strategy worked. Um, I asked last week, but I'm going to ask again, Colin. Justin returning. Yeah, I'm going to say Justin's returning because everybody's made such a big deal about him, like. Uh, you know, when you really think about it, he wasn't like a major character as far as strategy or storylines go, but he was so prominently profiled. So I think of of all the ones up until this point, my guess would be Justin would come back. And why wouldn't he? I mean, he's hot. Yeah, they only cast him for his hot for his looks or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's never happened. In returning player seasons on Survivor. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that's an unheard of thought. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't make him not wear his shirt ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that will be for the it for the episode talk itself. Any other last comments or do I miss anything in the discussion? Just rating it. Okay, Colin, are you going to buy it an episode? I'm buying it. Yes. I'm very much buying this one, and I'm anxious if next week uh is going to be just as good if it can keep the momentum going jaron what are you doing i'm teetering between a rent and a buy um and like the beatboxing is pushing me towards the buy category but then the projectile vomiting is is bringing me back to the rent um now i think it, it deserves a buy i do like as well that we're like getting to see this rivalry um develop between heather and gwen i feel like all the kind of fights so far have been really situational based uh contained within the one episode but now it feels like we're starting to get a build up of these uh rivals kind of going at it week to week so um i've bought every episode up until now um and this is the first time I've actually questioned a buy. What? Um, not to say that I didn't like the episode, because I really liked the episode, and I'm talking about it actually made me like it more than when I came in. I'm still going to buy it, but I will say that this has been the 
one that I've questioned the most. And I don't know why. It's just the gut of it, like the gut feeling that I have. I don't know. But I'm still going to buy it. I think beatboxing and the, I even like the projectile vomiting. I think it adds something special to the episode. <laughs> um, and just all the dynamics that play with the social relationships. I think it's been, a, I think it was a fun episode. And I think Colin, you sold it on, sold me on it more than I thought I would be. Yes. And I think that worked out because I, I think we did that last episode to you. So I think it all works out. <laughs> Almost. I still binned it. <laughs> but you liked it more at the end. So. Yep. It all works out. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for us. Stay tuned to all Oz Network coverage, things that I am not a part of, but love to listen to because I listen to everything that Oz Network puts out. And. Subscribe, listen, download. We're available on all platforms, right, Colin? We are. Well, whatever those platforms are, download them. And listen to us. And yeah, that's it. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.